You know, there's, there's a lot of similarities between um, Mother's Day and Father's Day, there, but there's one big difference. You know what it is? They just spend a lot less on dad than they do on mom. Am I right? That's just the reality. Am I right? You know, it's, you know a little, I had a little boy say that one time. You know, hey, uh, Father's Day and Mother's Day, there's not a whole lot of difference other than on dad's day. You know, when we honor dad, it's just a little less money goes out. Amen? But you ladies deserve it. And men, we honor you and we love you. You know, as we get into the message this morning, one of the overwhelming thoughts that I, I've been sort of brewing all week is this. That there's some in the house that are dads. And you look back over the course of your daddyhood. Is that a word? You look over the course of be, being a dad, and, and there's some real shining moments of, of success. If you look over the history of raising kids, you, 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 you recognize that, that, um, that God has really allowed you to experience some amazing moments with your kids. And those are things we should be celebrating. But likewise in the room, there's some dads that you haven't always been the best dad. I haven't always been the best dad, but overall I think I've been a pretty good dad, I think. Now, you probably already got me the Father's Day card, so it's too late now, but I've not been a perfect dad. don't mean to set myself up for that, but uh, I've made a few mistakes here and there. But some of you sit in the seat today, and all you can really think about is all the mistakes and all the regrets and all the things that you really wish you could change. We, we, we know we could spin our wheels and spend a lot of energy thinking about what we should have, could have done. But folks, that's just a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. It's a waste of what Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. So I would encourage you dads, don't sit here today and just think, oh man, I blew it this way and should have made that decision. And boy, I was so hard on them and I should have and could have. And don't go that route. Let's believe that we're in a new season and wherever you're at with your kiddos, wherever you're at with your, your grandkiddos, Let's just change from today on and make some better decisions. Can we just pick ourselves up, sort of brush our knees off, and keep on trucking? Can we do that and not get stuck on comparing and looking at somebody else and say, oh, they're such a great dad, and I never have been, and I can't believe my kids even talk to me, and maybe for some of you in the room, your kids don't talk to you. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, what some of the options could be. This is a, a time to celebrate, but it's also a time of, of at times, some sadness sadness. And so we're going to sort of talk about a lot of a variety of, of things dealing with fathers today, but the title of the message today is How to Be an Influential Father. There's a, there's a lot of men that are dads. They're biologically a dad to a child, but they've never been a father. And there's a lot of fathers in the room that you've never been influential. We're going to talk today about what it's like and how we can become even more influential as a man in our children's lives. We're going to talk about how if you can't be a person of influence, well, I want you to be a person of influence. That's so very, very important. Do you realize since 1922, the third Sunday in June has been set aside to pay tribute to our fathers. So it's been around a long time. And look at the scripture verse of Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says this, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long upon the land which the Lord your God is giving to you. And I'm a firm believer that having said that, the strength of any church can be found in the strength of their men. I was, I was uh, watching today as we had quite a few men up here worshiping. Uh, I watch on a weekly basis every Sunday how we have men up here worshiping, but we also have men that are praying 
for others. We have men that are, that are reaching out and wanting more of who God is. We have men that are pursuing the heart of God. Church, let me tell you, many churches have amazing women that are prayer warriors and intercessors. That's great, but what makes, one of the things that what makes our church amazing is we have a lot of men who seek God and want more of who he is. And men, I applaud you for that, and God is blessing this house because of it. There was a young father who spent the evening pacing the halls of the hospital. His wife was in labor. He was tied up in knots of fear and anxiety. His face was flushed and his forehead was covered in perspiration. And finally the nurse, finally, he was waiting for this moment. The nurse opened up the door and said, Hey, congratulations, sir. You have a little girl. The young man breathed in deeply with a big sigh of relief. And he said this. He said, Thank God it's a girl, for she will never have to go through all the awful agony that I just experienced. (laughs) And all the women said, Oh, I can't believe he even said that. Listen, you women complain about childbirth. I had a a hangnail once. It was pretty nasty, okay? (laughs) Us men have no idea what you ladies go through. And if if any man says that you you, you do, you need to just leave the room right now. Just leave right now. The ladies, hey now. (laughs) Wow, that is a lady raising her hand over there. Yeah, she gets a witness over there. Absolutely. Ushers, would you please escort her out of the room? No, we're glad you're here. We really are. It's stressful being a dad, isn't it? There's a lot of expectations. A lot of expectations on fathers today. And I'm not suggesting that, hey, it was easier to raise kids 40 years ago than it is now. I'm not suggesting that. I think every generation has their own challenges. Every generation has their own issues. So some of you older men than me can sit around and say the challenges you had raising your kiddos, you know, 40, 50 years ago. And I get that. But I know that today, many of our young fathers find obstacles and speed bumps in the way of becoming an effective dad for their children just because of the influence their children have that you and I never had 40 and 50 years ago. There's a lot of things clamoring for the attention of our kids today, pulling them away from godly values. It's tough to be a dad. We're talking today about how to be an influential father. Notice I didn't say a perfect dad. I didn't say a dad who never makes mistakes. I didn't say a dad who, who, who isn't all of that. I just said an influential Father. That's what we're talking about today. And it's stressful at times. 50-hour weeks, sometimes jobs and travel schedules, sometimes more than a lot of moms have, is the guys have jobs that travel more. And you want to spend time with your kiddos, and you try to reconcile all of that in your, in your schedule. It's a, it's a challenge, but we're talking today about being an influential father. Ephesians chapter 5, we know that Paul talks a lot to husbands and wives. But in Ephesians chapter 6, he talks about the family. He talks about some very powerful principles that we can employ in the family to make a difference, to have influence. And Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4 should be on the screen. It says this, and it says, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and in the admonition of the Lord. Another, another version says, don't provoke your children to anger. Another version says, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. So many dads get hung up wanting to be the priest of their home, but not really sure how. Wanting to instill faith in their children, not always sure how. They feel hypocritical because they know the scriptures say this, but at times they act like that. 
They feel like there's a conflict within because they know that, you know what, I know I should be at this level, but for some reason I just can't seem to bump up against, against this level. Guys, can I tell you something? We all have something in common. We all struggle with that. Don't compare. Don't look at another man in this house and say, oh, they look like they got it all together. Can I tell you a little secret? I work with a lot of families. There's not one family in the room that has it all together. I need to see some more nodding heads. You need to hear that. Because, see, that's one of the lies of the enemy. The lie, the lie of the enemy says, oh, if you had this and this and this together, then you could be like the Joneses across the street. Or if you had this and this and this together, your wife would love you even more and your kids would love you even more. Let me tell you something. We've all got stuff. Say stuff. We've all got stuff in our homes. There's not a one of us in this house. There's some really great fathers. I know many of you are amazing men who love your spouses, who love your children, and love them well. But even you got issues. I'm trying to look at anybody in the eyes, because you're all going to think I'm picking on you. <laughs> My point is this, guys. We've all got stuff. We all have issues. Do not compare. Throughout this morning, I've asked a few different people to share a thought or two about their own father. Throughout the morning, the next few moments here, we're going to be hearing from a few different children about their fathers. And the first one I've asked to share is Joel Smith. Joel's been a, a son for how many years now, friend? 43 years. So you know something about being a son to a great man. Elder Paul, would you please stand? We're talking about training our children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. So many people have asked me to describe my dad and so many words, they just fail sometimes. And I've had so many people come up to me throughout the years and say, oh, your dad's so wonderful. He's so this, he's so that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. And then I think about it and said, yeah, I really do know. Because this man is the same man that everybody sees here that I see on a daily basis. This is a man of character. A man of influence, servanthood and consistency. But you didn't ask me to say all those things. You asked me to talk about time. And we all think of time as, oh, you, we see that, that commercial of dad throwing the ball around, and my dad has done so much more. As a child, he gave me time to throw the football around. I remember teaching me how to shoot a basketball and how to field a grounder. And as a kid, that's so important. But as a teenager, he gave me correction at the right time, but also gave me the time to become a man without insult and anger, but love and patience. I was not always the perfect man you see before you right now, <laughs> believe it or not. I'm glad you're all laughing because you know me too well. But patience, he allowed me to make some mistakes, a lot of mistakes, but loved me through them all and supported me through them all. Amen. And as an adult, he just gives me time of encouragement. He's not, we're not always together or always beside each other's side as when I was young, but he picks those moments to encourage me. And I honor you and I love you. Amen. Isn't that special? to hear the love of a son to a father. We have another young man that's coming. And this is, yeah, right now, young. Yeah, dude, you're younger than me. It's all relative. This is John Senefani. 
and his dad is Dick Senefani, and we're talking today about raising your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Thanks. Happy Father's Day, Dad. Uh, you won't know how great my father is unless you know the whole story, and if any of you were raised Italian Catholic like I was, you would know it's both wonderful and terrible all at once. And uh, my family was more like a reality show that you think is fake than a homework story. But my father was the first to become a Christian in our family. And it was this big deal. We didn't really understand it. We were like, hey, we thought we were already Christians. Maybe dad's finally getting it. We thought life would become easier, and it didn't. Uh, but my dad had a passion to read the word, and he read it all the time, and he talked about it, even though he didn't understand all of it. And sometimes after dinner, he would try to tell us stories from the Bible. Uh, my brother and sister, Pastor Lisa, they'd make a quick escape, but I would listen. And, uh, <laughs> and my dad shared so many principles from life, uh, how to live, how to work, uh, and how to become a man. And some lessons came from words, but most of them came from his life. And I've known so many people who have been changed by the power of the gospel, but to this day, I've never seen anybody completely transformed as much as my father has been. Amen. And he's been, he's just turned 79, looks fantastic. He's been, uh, and I wanted to say that he and my mom have been married for 56 years, and my whole point here is, my dad not, did not just become a Christian and talk it, he lived it, and my dad is the greatest man I know. Happy Amen. Father's Day. Thank you. I love you. Now all the dads in the room are really nervous. You're like, oh no, did, did he reach out to my child too? See, th this is just faith lived out in life. That's what this is. These are, these are moments and, and testimonies of God's amazing grace. And there's a couple more coming up in a minute. But we're, we're talking today about being a father who has influence, being an influential father. And you heard from, from Joel and you heard from John. Different aspects of that, how time meant so much over here and how, how just watching. You know, our children are watching us. How many of you know that, men? But they're not expecting, hear me, they're not expecting perfection. I want, I want that to sink in. You know what they're hoping for? Is some consistency, authenticity, integrity. That's what your kids are looking at us for, men. Not perfection. So when you mess up, we do what? We, we fess up. It's that simple. I mess up, I have to fess up. I don't like it, it hurts my pride. I wish it didn't happen. But I try to be a man of integrity. I try to be a man of character. And at the end of the day, I want to be an authentic man. People, your kids, your spouse, they want to know that you're real. They're not looking for perfection. Am I right, Patty? <laughs> a couple things about a dad what you can do for your children. And, and men, as we talk about these next few moments and a few points here, I want you to hear me. Whether or not you're a father, you have influence over someone. So even some of you moms sitting here, some of you grandpas, some of you grandmas, some of you aunts, you uncles, just, just put, instead of dad, put your name, put your face in this because this is really 
a lesson on how to be an influential person. Today we're concentrating on dads. So don't tune out because we say the word dad. So the first thing is praying for your children. Folks, we need to pray for our kids on a regular basis. We have a lot of biblical examples of that. Mark chapter 5, Jairus prayed for his daughter who needed healing. And, and, and he wasn't ashamed to go find Jesus to help his daughter. He was never ashamed of finding Jesus to help his daughter. We should always be looking to Jesus to help our kids. Mark chapter 9, the man who had a son with an evil spirit. The disciples tried to cast out that evil spirit. They couldn't do it. So that man went to find Jesus. We need to find Jesus using wisdom. And, and Lord, help me to make the right decisions on how to be a dad and praying for our children so they, they can go in the right direction and they find you early on, O oh Lord, and they find the right calling. They find the right spouse. These are important things that dads and moms and grandmas and grandpas can do for all of our kids. Job prayed for his children. Job chapter 1, verse 5. He was interceding on behalf of his kids. We can sometimes be the bridge that brings our kids back to God. We oftentimes talk about prodigals around here, don't we? Some of you right now probably have missed the eyes because you have a child that's now an adult and, and you raised them in church. You know they were serving the Lord with passion at one time and for whatever reason that passion has subsided and they've gone a little different direction or maybe a real hard right turn and you're very concerned about their lifestyle. You're very concerned about their choices. You're concerned about their salvation. Can I tell you one of the consistent things that we have in this house here is prayers that the prodigals would come home. And I mean that with all that's within me. The prodigals are coming home, so we stand with you on that. Do not be discouraged and never, 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 never give up. I think of this young man right here in the front. This is Martin West, and he's, he's been up to bat several times. And Martin, we love you. But one of the things that your mama... Pastor Rita West, who's not feeling real well today. She's got an issue with her tendon or muscle or something going on, so she's not here in the house. But normally, Pastor Rita's right here. Remember how she testified? Never, 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 never give up. And look at the proof of that. That's right. Never give up on your prodigal. Never give up on the fact that God is still working on them. And let Holy Spirit be Holy Spirit. And you husha your mouth sometimes. You're not Holy Spirit. Hasha, your mouth up. That's Italian Lebanese is what that is. <laughs> One of the greatest gifts we can give to our children is the gift of prayer. Knowing that you can say to them, honey, I am praying for you, I am interceding for you, and I will never give up. Pray for their protection. Pray for their salvation. Pray for their happiness, their needs, their future spouses, their future successes. You be that person that never gives up on your child. Whether they're 5 or they're 50, you never give up on your kid. They need to know that mom and dad, particularly dad, is praying for them. Never give up. Never, never, never. Our prayers don't have to be fancy. They only have to be sincere. For some reason, women have it easier than us guys. Women don't matter. They, they don't get hung up on how they pray. You women, you've you got less ego than us guys. You, you just pray, and whatever comes out, comes out. Us guys have to think, oh, I, unless I sound like intelligent, I'm not even going to pray because I don't want to make myself, I don't want to embarrass myself. I can't, I can't pray. Men, at the end of the day, your kids need to know that you're praying, and they need to know that you're sincere. They're not counting on how many big words you use. They're not wondering if you stumble over anything. If that prayer is, is sincere coming from your heart, that is meaningful to the heart of God and very meaningful to your child. Can you say amen to that? So the first thing is we need to pray for our kiddos. The second one, and Joel, and, and not Joel the book, but Joel the man over here, went ahead and talked about already the time that Elder Paul 
has poured into this man. I know Joel very well. He's like a brother. He's a very good friend of mine. This is a good man. One of the main reasons is because of the prayer of both mom and his life. Time. Time. Pour time into your children. Time is so very, very important. Don't allow the electronics to become the babysitters of your children and grandchildren and nephews and nieces. Folks, listen, these things here are wonderful tools. I'm glad I have electronic things to become the babysitters to your grandbabies. Let them know what a blade of grass looks like. Let them touch a horse. Let them get their hands dirty and, and touch a worm or two. So I was in the backyard a couple weeks ago. I moved a flower pot that's back there on the ground. I didn't tell Patty this yet. There was a worm the size of Louisiana. <laughs> I thought it was a snake. I didn't know what was going This worm, anyway, let them touch a worm. Get them away from apple. Yeah, and here I, I feel like a hypocrite. Here I'm holding apple. But apple's my friend. And it's, it's like a balance of, okay, enough of apple thing. Time. Deuteronomy 6. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Listen, men, we, we talk often around here about what it's like to really witness with your faith. What it's like to be able to share with others in your world what God has done in your life. So many of you get hung up on, oh, I can't remember scripture. Or I can't remember the Romans road. Or I'm not good reciting those things. Or, oh, I'm going to fumble over my prayer. At the end of the day, if you're authentic, at the end of the day, if you're a man of integrity, if you're consistent and you want to share your faith with somebody, all you have to do, man of God, is share your story. Please, do you get that? Just share what God's done in your life. They can't argue with that. They can't argue and, and, and debate that. If God's done it in your life, you tell your story. You tell your testimony. Call, don't call it a test, but you're calling it a story. This is what God's done in my life. Can I share it with you? Can I share with you what God has done? Can I share with you what he's done in my marriage? Can I share with you how, how God has raised up my children in the fear and admonition of the Lord? And here's some of the reasons why that's happened. Spend time with your kids and make sure in that time that you're telling them when you're walking along the road, like Deuteronomy says, when you're at home, when you lie down, when you get up, talk about these things. We're talking today about how to be an influential father. How to be an influential father. Pray for them. Give them your time. Give them your time. Number three today is give your children responsibility. That's right. That's it. Responsibility. Um, so... I like mowing grass. Anybody like mowing grass? I, I, I enjoy it. I, it's, like, it's like mindless. You know, you can just push, right? And you don't have to think a whole lot about what you're doing, so you can think about other things. I get some great sermon ideas when I'm mowing grass, right? So that's, we're, really, we're really stuck around here in the wintertime. I guess I don't get any good ideas because I'm not mowing grass. But I enjoy mowing grass. I just do. I can't explain why. But one of the things I really enjoy is when I'm done with mowing grass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is that a volunteer back here? Uh, Pastor, Pastor Kevin, are you going to like come on my grass? Oh, what a servant's heart. I have absolutely. So one of the things I enjoy the most is at the end of that process, I can stand and I can look and what do I see? Straight lines. Can you say straight? Straight. Not crooked lines. Oh, no. They're straight. You go past my house, you got straight lines. But some of you men would never allow your kids when they were younger to mow your grass because you know when those kids are a certain age, they're going to mow grass but there ain't going to be straight lines. 
there's going to be those six-inch patches between the lines. You're like, well, did you fall asleep? What happened here? So you don't give them your responsibility. Some of you have been tempted when you're at the gas station. You know, when little Johnny's six or seven, and, oh, you know what, I'm getting gas, and we're kind of in a hurry, and, and in the back of your mind, you're thinking, maybe I should let Johnny go ahead and help me get the gas and teach him how to put it in and all that kind of stuff like that. You're like, oh, no, I don't want, what if he spills it on my car? I don't want him to do that. I can't get gasoline on my paint. So what if you spill gasoline on your paint? You're teaching little Johnny responsibility. You're giving him not just the idea of learning how to pump the gas, but at the end of the day, you know what's far more important than Johnny mowing the grass crooked or Johnny getting gasoline in the car? It's not about him doing it. It's about little Johnny realizing, hey, my dad believes in me. My dad knows that I can do this. And at the end of it, even though the, 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 the lines in the yard look like this, right? You, what do you do to little Johnny? You pat him on the head and you go, little Johnny, you did so great. Those are little white lines that Jesus looks the other way on, okay? That's how that works, you know? And even when you're, you know, the little Johnny's pumping the gas and you see some of it go on your paint, you're like, ah! You don't let him see that. You don't let him hear that. You just say, oh, buddy, you did really good. And then you look away and go, oh, next time I hope his mom does this. When we teach our kids responsibility, you're doing more than teaching them, them a task. You're, you're doing more than teaching them how to do something. You're really showing them, Dad. You're showing them that you believe in them. That you believe they're capable. That you can be able to say to them, that a boy, you did great, man. How important that is for all of us. Can I tell you that need we have in our lives? That hole in our heart never goes away, no matter how old we are. What am I referring to? that need for affirmation. Every one of us in this room, no matter how many gray hairs on your head, or no matter how many hairs are gone from your head, you need affirmation. I need affirmation. Little Johnny needs it, but so do you. You know what it feels like when your boss says, great job on that project. You know what it feels like when your wife says, honey, thanks so much for doing that, for moving that for me, and, and doesn't that just feel good? Doesn't Johnny need that too? Little Johnny needs that. Give your children responsibility. There was a family that had three small children who were determined to have a puppy, and Mom protested when, he, when she knew that somehow or another she'd probably end up caring for that little critter, that little dog. And Well, true to form, the children solemnly promised, hey, Mom, we'll take care of it. Can we please have a puppy? Eventually, she relented, and they brought the little puppy home, and it was a small little dog with wiry hair, and so the kids named him Ratty. Have you ever seen a dog that's sort of cute, but then you get it wet, and you're like, oh, that's a rat, right? This was a little dog, and they called him Ratty. They, called for, they, they cared for him diligently at first, but sure enough, as time passed, what happens, right? So mom found herself becoming more and more responsible for taking care of little Ratty. Finally, she decided that the children were not living up to their promise, so she began to search for a new home for little Ratty. When she found one, and she broke the news to the children, she was quite surprised that they had almost no reaction at all. One of them even said, matter-of-factly, uh, we'll miss them. <laughs> Mom said, well, I'm sure we will. But he's been so much work for one person, and since I'm the one who's doing most of the work, I say he goes. Another child protested, well, if, if, if he doesn't eat so much and wouldn't be so messy, can we keep him? Mom held her ground. She was tough. How many of you know tough moms like that, right? It's time to take Ratty to his new home. Suddenly, with one voice and with tears in her eyes, the children exclaimed, Ratty? We thought you were said Daddy. 
If he doesn't eat too much and doesn't make a mess, can we keep him? Matthew chapter 21 tells a story of a, of a dad with two sons. And the dad sends them both out to go do, do work in the vineyard. And one said he would go and he did not. And the other son was sort of resisted initially and he eventually went. And one of the reasons that the dad did that was to teach them not only responsibility, but to sort of test them and see who's going to be the obedient one. And at the end of the day, folks, we, we all need to make sure our children learn responsibility. Learn responsibility. I've asked a, a young lady in the house today to testify of her dad's ability to be a, an amazing father. Actually, would you stand for, for a moment, please? Share what's on your heart. Um, hi. Hi, Dad. Um, so my dad is like the coolest person ever. <laughs> and he's just the best ever. And he, um, and every day that he lives and just his everyday lifestyle, he shows me responsibility. And I remember um, for months before my papa and his dad died, he would go to work and then he would come home and take care of my papa and then still time find, um, find time for us. And then at night he couldn't sleep because he was just worried about my papa falling out of bed. So that was just very responsible of him to take care of his dad even when he was too tired to do so. Um, but one example that comes to mind about um, um, him teaching me responsibility is recently at work I, was, I had a concern with my boss and I was really timid and scared of them. So I was like, well, I just won't go talk to them because I'm too scared and I'm too much of a weenie to do it. Um, so um, I talked to my dad about it, and he was like, well, you can't do that. You have to go talk to them if you have a concern. So he gave me some advice, and then he just reminded me, like, we can't do this for you. Like, you have to be a grown-up and do it yourself. And so after I talked to my bosses, I just learned a lot more confidence, and now I have the courage to go talk to people if I have an issue or a concern of any kind. So thank you, Dad, and I love you. Thank you, Lexi. Bud Skirtick's an incredible man. Thank you so much, Lexi. You did very, very well. Thank you for that. So we need to make sure we teach them responsibility. And the last thing we'll talk about today is giving your children your blessing. Your blessing. Making sure that they recognize that, that you are blessing them in everything that they do. You know, Jacob was a it's a great illustration of a great father-son story in the Bible. And in Genesis chapter 46, there's a touching scene where, where Joseph and his dad were reunited after two decades of, of being absent from one another's lives. And you'll see on the screen, we'll skim over a couple of these verses, but Genesis 46, starting with verse 29, says this. Joseph had his chariot made ready and went to Goshen to meet his father, Israel, or Jacob. As soon as Joseph appeared before him, he threw his arms around his father and wept for a very long time. Israel said to Joseph, now I am ready to die, since I have seen for myself that you are still alive. And then skipping forward to Genesis chapter 48, the whole family is now in Egypt because of famine, and, and Joseph is now caring for them. And the first few verses there in, in, in chapter 48 says, Sometime later Joseph was told, Your father is ill, so he took his two sons along with him. And, and when Jacob was told, Well, your, your, your son Joseph has come to you, he, he suddenly rallied his strength, and he sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty has appeared to me, 
in the land of Canaan. And, and, and there he blessed me and he said to me, I'm going to make you fruitful and increase your numbers. I will make you a community of peoples. And I will give you this land as an everlasting possession to your descendants after you. And when Israel saw the sons of Joseph, he says, who are these? Verse 9 said, They are the sons that God has given me here. He said to his father, Bring them to me so I may bless them. His eyes were failing because of old age, as Israel's were. And he could hardly see, so Joseph brought his sons close to him, and his father kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. And now God has allowed me to see your children too. The next chapter in verse 40, excuse me, chapter 49. Even though Jacob was an old man and his sons were grown, he called them all together and he blessed them. And just a few highlights, Reuben, he said, you will excel in power and honor. Again, we're talking about fathers blessing their children. And he said to his son Reuben, you will excel in power and honor to Judah. He said, your brothers will praise you and your enemies will be conquered by you. To his son Dan, he said, you will provide justice to the people. To Asher, he said, your food is going to be rich. So one by one, he blessed each of his children. Do you think that his children received that blessing? Do you think that's something they ever forgot? Fathers, we need to learn how to bless our children. If you want your kids to follow Jesus every day of their lives, you need to make sure that Jesus is a part of your everyday life. Your kids are watching you. I've asked... Levi, to come, if you would, buddy. Would you come down here real quick? We're, we're getting short on time. Put it in second gear, if you could. Oh, shucks, put it in third gear. Let's see you run, buddy. Come on, Levi. This is Levi Dixie. I wouldn't be running if I was you, but, uh, you know, I... But come on, buddy. But uh, you have a great father as well. And why don't you just share uh, for a moment. Where's your dad at? Is he over here? Over there. Why don't you go close to him real quick? Is he in the back? Yeah. Uh, Lawrence, come, come to the front here, buddy, on the platform, if you would. He's back there ready to play, but we want Levi to be able to say something about his dad. You can sit there. I mean, you can do, you can sit or stand. <laughs> so here's my dad. Um, he taught me the ABZs of driving. So A, he gave me good advice, and B, he taught me how to turn on the car. But when, every time we went out driving, he would fall asleep. <laughs> so I was, I was responsible to stop at every stop sign, to stop at every red light, and to go at the green light, but not to speed, because I'll probably wake him up. Or maybe scare him. <laughs> uh, he taught me how to play drums even though he is a bass player. Um, and he taught me how to, uh, to talk about food. He taught me how to cook my first meal, which was eggs and Spam. <laughs> and he taught me how to season it, too, with salt and pepper. So he's an amazing teacher. And like the shirt that I gave him many, year, many years ago, he is the number one dad. We've got one more testimony today. 
Mark Green is the father of four sons and a daughter. And I've asked Levi to just share a moment or two of what your dad means to you today. So for the, um, the past year, during senior year, and a little bit before junior year, um, we were really searching for a college that would fit me. And both of my parents supported me in that. And throughout this process, I know that they were praying for a college um, where um, I would make a lot of friends and really find my crowd, that I would be secure in the major that I chose, and that, it would, that we would be able to finance that without going into a lot of debt. And this past week, I was able to visit Geneva. I actually went on Friday, and just right off the bat, I had my friend group, and I was so excited that I really got along with my roommate and a couple other people that I just met there. And as we were talking about majors, I, was, I felt really secure that the professors were gonna teach me well and that, uh, I, would be, that I found my place and I found what, the, what I can do. And it, just, it was just evidence to me that they were praying and God, has, God had answered that prayer um, in my life. And not only did he pray for me, but he spent countless hours editing many, many scholarship essays. And uh, it was very frustrating at times because he has a very, very high standard of writing. And, you know, sometimes I would give it to my mom and she'd say, yes, that, that's fine, that's good. And then I would give it to him and he'd say, why would you, why would you write this part? <laughs> uh, but it was because of that high standard that he had, I was able to raise a couple thousand dollars in scholarship to really bring that cost down. And he continues to do that for me. And I just want to thank you for that and everything else you do. So thanks, Dad. These are real live people with real live dads. And we're talking about blessing, and real quick, we're, we're closing up, but there's just five, five quick ways that we can bless our children. And this isn't just for the dads. This is for anyone that you are a father figure or a mother figure in anyone's life. And it's on the screen. The first one is this. This comes out of Gary Smalley's book he wrote a while back called The Blessing. And here's the highlights of this, and it's just some really meaningful stuff. Five different ways to bless your children, or people in your life, of course, is meaningful touch. Jacob touched, he embraced, he kissed. There's just something about the touch of someone who is a covering in your life. On the shoulder, a hug, some family's kiss on the cheek. You don't have to be a kissy family, but be a huggy family, be a, some kind of a family. Touch, we all need that. Meaningful touch. Second thing is verbal affirmation. Verbal affirmation. Every one of us need to hear somebody say, good job. I'm proud of you. You did great. And, and ladies, let me, let me just address you for a moment. There's a lot of men in the room that have a very difficult time expressing their emotions. And that's, that's for another day. But ladies, can I, can I tell you something? You have a role here as well. We, well. Pastor Dan, are you saying we should cover for them? No, 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 no. The exact opposite. You need to allow your children, your grandchildren, your nephews, your nieces. If you have a man in your life that they, you know they have a challenge in giving verbal affirmation, can you be that conduit where those children still hear the same message? What do I mean? Oh, Susie, your dad was so proud of you. When we were at the game last night, all he was able to do was brag on what a great softball player you are. 
Johnny, man, when we were at the basketball game last night, your dad was screaming and yelling, and your dad was so pleased with you. Sweetheart, Grandpa, last night when we went for our walk, you know what he did? All he could talk about was that drawing that you gave to him a couple of weeks ago. That's all he could talk about. Grandpa just was bragging on you. Grandpa was so impressed with your artistic skills. Ladies, you see how you have an opportunity to lift up the arms of that man. Now, you're not covering for them. You're not, you're not doing anything that's wrong. But when you have to weigh, if you're going to choose between, if my man can't say it, that's their issue. No, no, no. Lift their arms. And if for whatever reason they're uncomfortable doing that, make sure that that kiddo still hears the message that's coming from that man's heart. It may not come from his lips, but that same message is coming from his heart out of your lips, and it still edifies the child. Help us men out sometimes. We're thick. There's times we just got a bad case of stupid. I mean that. Guys, we can be really stubborn. And you ladies, you put up with a lot of stupid sometimes. You do. But when it comes down to valuing and affirming a child, be a person of integrity, be a person of authenticity, and quote grandpa, quote dad accurately. Don't make it up. But that child needs to hear what grandpa, what dad was thinking. Does that make sense? So, meaningful touch, verbal affirmation. Attach high value. Bless them and bring them honor. Let them know how important that they really are. Sacrifice time. Look them in the eye. Give them eye contact. High value. Number four is picturing a positive future. You know, Jacob, learning from this example, he, he pictured a positive future of his sons. Like I read earlier, high value, positive future. I believe in you, son. I believe in you, daughter. I believe that you're going to make it and you're going to succeed and do well. The fifth one is this, active commitment. A willingness to sacrifice for your children, time or money. Sometimes you have to sacrifice going fishing or buying fishing equipment so your kiddo can get a piano lesson. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. So ways to bless your children. Touch, affirmation, attaching high value, picturing a positive future and an active commitment. Can I share something with you folks as we close? Can we stand together? Men, we, we listed today four very specific ways to become a father of influence. But can I tell you the best gift that you can give to your ch children, the best gift that you can give to your grandchildren, the best gift you can give to your nephew, to your niece, is an ongoing, vibrant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to spin your wheels if you're trying to do all these things and not have a relationship with God. You're going to spin your wheels you're not going to get very far. You're going to spin your wheels and, and exert a lot of wasted energy because you're trying to do it in your own might. The best gift we can give to our kids is being a person and a follower in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, on Father's Day 2017, this could be your day of salvation. If you're in this house today, male or female, dad or mom, whatever you are in this house, if you've never given your heart to Christ and you've never said, Lord, I need you. I know I've messed up. Lord, I've sinned. 
I believe I need a Savior. I believe your, your blood can cover everything. If you've never done that today, without any further ado, if you're in the house and you've never given your heart to Christ, I want you to raise your hand where you're at. You can't do this alone without him. We all need him. Is there anyone today that's in the house? And you would say, preacher, I, I don't know this God you talk about. Or it's been a long time since I've served him and I want to reconnect. Every eye is open. Is there anyone in the house today? That you would say, that's me. I want to have the opportunity to pray with you. Is there anybody in the house today? This is the most important decision you can possibly make. Is there anyone in the house today? How many dads in the house would raise your hand today and just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be a better dad. I want to employ some of these things. I want to be able to learn from what we heard today. Some of it isn't new, but I needed to hear it today. I need to be reminded of it. Would you raise your hand, Dad, Grandpa, Uncle? We're honoring you today. Father, we thank you for these honest men. We, we thank you, Lord, that we are admitting that we need more of who you are, that we need wisdom, we need godly counsel from your Holy Spirit, that we need you. We need your help. We need to learn how to be a better dad. We need to be a, learn how to be a more influential father. And Father, we just ask that you would help us to do that. Help us, God, to employ some of the things we heard today, that we, we would allow them to soak into our spirit. Get us to a place, God, of further obedience. Get us to a place of influence. Get us to a place, oh God, where we can learn from Holy Spirit how to improve our relationship with our children, how to be a bigger influence, how to be a better representation of who you are. And we thank you for that opportunity in the name of Jesus. And the entire church said, amen and amen. Bless the Lord. Allow me, if I could, the privilege of pronouncing a blessing. Would you keep your eyes open? Father, in, in Jesus' name, the name that's above every other name, I impart blessing and favor and encouragement and life and liberty and freedom in the hands and the hearts and the lives of each one here today. Lord, allow them to recognize the place that they hold in their family. Allow them to recognize, Lord, that they are representatives of your love and of your grace in every sphere of influence they have. Give them encouragement. Give them traveling mercies in the name of Jesus and everywhere they go. And Father, allow this week to be one where we represent you well. And everyone in the house said, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming out today. I can't forget I still remember The place you found me And I surrender I'm alive Have a relationship with God You're going to spin your wheels You're not going to get very far You're going to spin your wheels and, and exert a lot of wasted energy Because you're trying to do it in your own might The best gift we can give to our kids Is being a person and a follower in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today on Father's Day 2017, this could be your day of salvation. If you're in this house today, male or female, dad or mom, whatever you are in this house, if you've never given your heart to Christ and you've never said, Lord, I need you. I know I've messed up. Lord, I've sinned. I believe I need a Savior. I believe your, your blood can cover everything. If you've never done that today, Without any further ado, if you're in the house and you've never given your heart to Christ, I want you to raise your hand where you're at. 
You can't do this alone without him. We all need him. Is there anyone today that's in the house? And you would say, preacher, I, I don't know this God you talk about. Or it's been a long time since I've served him and I want to reconnect. Every eye is open. Is there anyone in the house today? That you would say, that's me. I want to have the opportunity to pray with you. Is there anybody in the house today? This is the most important decision you can possibly make. Is there anyone in the house today? How many dads in the house would raise your hand today and just say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I want to be a better dad. I want to employ some of these things. I want to be able to learn from what we heard today. Some of it isn't new, but I needed to hear it today. I need to be reminded of it. Would you raise your hand, Dad, Grandpa, Uncle? We're honoring you today. Father, we thank you for these honest men. We, we thank you, Lord, that we are admitting that we need more of who you are, that we need wisdom, we need godly counsel from your Holy Spirit, that we need you. We need your help. We need to learn how to be a better dad. We need to be a, learn how to be a more influential father. And Father, we just ask that you would help us to do that. Help us, God, to employ some of the things we heard today, that we, we would allow them to soak into our spirit. Get us to a place, God, of further obedience. Get us to a place of influence. Get us to a place, oh God, where we can learn from Holy Spirit how to improve our relationship with our children, how to be a bigger influence, how to be a better representation of who you are. And we thank you for that opportunity in the name of Jesus. And the entire church said, amen and amen. Bless the Lord. Allow me, if I could, the privilege of pronouncing a blessing. Would you keep your eyes open? Father, in, in Jesus' name, the name that's above every other name, I impart blessing and favor and encouragement and life and liberty and freedom in the hands and the hearts and the lives of each one here today. Lord, allow them to recognize the place that they hold in their family. Allow them to recognize, Lord, that they are representatives of your love and of your grace in every sphere of influence they have. Give them encouragement. Give them traveling mercies in the name of Jesus and everywhere they go. And Father, allow this week to be one where we represent you well. And everyone in the house said, amen and amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming out today.